Welcome to What's Wrong with Wolfie. and welcome to What's Wrong With Wolfie, a retro podcast dedicated to the pop culture of the 80s, 90s and zeros. My name is Jason. And I'm Rich. I'm Chris. And I'm Steve. And this time we are here to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the Jan de Bont directed action film Speed. He can strike anywhere, at any time. Will the mystery guest please sign in? Why are they messing with me? Do they think I'm doing this for fun? <laughs> for L.A. cop Jack Traven. Tell me again, Harry. Why did I take this job? Oh, come on, 30 more years of this, you get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. Cool. The game began. Very exciting, Jack. Some close calls, huh? When someone put the city of Los Angeles to the ultimate test. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Now. Are you insured? Yeah, why? He's the only solution. We just got a ransom demand from your terrorist. Says he's rigged the city bus. Where's Jack? Where do you think? Stay on or get off. Get off. This is much better. Everybody hold on! Keanu Reeves. Dennis Hopper. Sandra Bullock. Pop quiz. You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? Speed. Get ready for rush hour. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've no, no, the, I've, yeah, what, I've got an answer. I've never done my head, so <laughs> they played they experience. played two of the three times someone says pop quiz yeah. in that trailer. <laughs> Such a great line. Oh. <laughs> well, Los Angeles police officer Jack Traven angers retired bomb squad member Howard Payne by following foiling his attempt to blow up an elevator and secure three million dollars. In revenge, Payne arms a bus with a bomb that will explode if it drops below fifty miles per hour. With the help of passenger and love interest Annie, Jack and his partner Harry try to save the people on the bus before the bomb goes off, while also trying to figure out where he's hiding and stopping him before either the bus crashes or the bomb blows them sky high. I don't think you can get a more quintessential 90s movie, can we, Rich? I, Yeah, I, I love this film because I think this came at a time, I think, what we're probably six years removed from Die Hard and I think this film for me it pills in the same way in that it I think unlike a lot of the action films that kind of preceded it it does feel a bit more kind of grounded it's a kind of situation you, you could possibly imagine yourself being in versus some big like bombastic you know muscles arnie action epic like you've got probably 10 years prior yeah 
this this film fucking rules and i still think it's one of the more original action movies to come from hollywood since well <laughs> even up to now it's like it still for me stands out as one of the more original ones but was actually based though on a 1975 japanese film called the bullet train which i do recommend you watching huh. i never knew yeah. that yeah, about a oh, Japanese express train that's got a bomb on it, and it was kind of the inspiration for it. Very loosely, but definitely worth watching. Yeah, because I like what you're saying. Like it's very original, isn't it? And like even when yeah. I when I watched it back a few days ago, and it still holds up, man. Like, oh yeah, the the, the whole concept around the plotline and the way that it was carried out in the film is is. It still works today, like it hasn't aged. And you know, if this was a film that was made in this year that we've never seen before, it would be an absolute mega hit. And that's you know, kudos to to the to the guys who who create the film and and the actors. Um, Steve, what's your history, mate, on Speed? It's the first time so, you've seen it. It's not the first <laughs> time I've seen it. Context is everything. <laughs> Remember your context, what's, Jason. What's my history on the 1994 Keanu Reeves film Speed? <laughs> That's the one, man. That's what I'm asking. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I had seen it before, and I felt like I was very familiar with this film. But I think I only feel that way because I think the core concept of speed, you know, the bus that couldn't slow down, is so <laughs> familiar to everybody in our sort of collective unconscious. I thought that I was really familiar with it, but I watched it again today, and I'd forgotten the vast majority of it. It felt kind of fresh and new to me uh, today, which was exciting. And I also uh, really loved it. I thought it was great. And I think you're right. If this film came out today, Twitter would fucking love this film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's owing to the... Like, it's it's incredibly 90s, but there's something about the dialogue that I thought felt pretty modern. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. There's a part in the trailer where they're talking about uh, how in retirement you get, you know, a shitty pension and a, and a crap watch. And the way Keanu Reeves just says, cool, <laughs> I, it felt really not 90s at all. It felt really modern. And then I found out that uh, Joss Whedon did an uncredited rewrite on the dialogue, which might go some way to explain that. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's really good fun. And Chris? Uh, very much the same. I've liked this movie since I saw it. I think we rented the video when... When it, I think when it came out, because me and my mum and my brother we used to always have like a, a movie night, like once or once every two weeks or something, we'd rent a film. Hell yeah. And Speed was one of them, and it was great. It was just a no holds barred adrenaline rush <laughs> to quote a film. Um, and it's like Steve said and Rich said, it still holds up. It's still pretty modern, um, apart from the extremely 90s opening titles, but other than. <laughs> It's just a just long like, shot of an elevator shaft. Just an elevator. Like so riveting. Yeah. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And when I rewatched it today, actually, after work, I was very surprised how much of it I still remembered. And I was just waiting for that end scene with the um, subway car coming crashing out the station. I was just like, yeah, that's just amazing. And Keanu Reeves has been labelled unfairly as someone who just phones his performances in, but... He puts the energy in, and it shows. And his chemistry with Sandra Bullock is amazingly off the charts. And mm. yeah, it's just a film that I have revisited whenever it's on or whenever it appears on streaming platforms. I'll watch it, and I haven't watched it in a fair few years, so it was quite nice to sit down and just relax and just watch one of my favourite action movies. And like Rich said, it's an action movie with difference. It's just, it's not slower paced. It's just got a different structure. 
I mean, I had not- speaking of the pace of the film, I, mean, I had it on today, and I kind of was like looking backwards and forwards, and it felt like ten minutes had passed, and suddenly we're already trying to take people off the bus. So I was like, "What the yeah. hell?" Like, it yeah, went so quick so from weird. the time that yeah, you yeah. see fucking them at the you know in the office tower with the whole elevator thing, and then they're at the party, and then suddenly it's just like almost like I blinked and I missed it. I really forgot how quick this film whipped by, and it's still like a good just shy of two hours so it's not like it was a short film it is it is very it is very well constructed in that way like Like, pacing is great every uh every bit of dialogue has payoff somewhere like Mm. it it is it is incredibly well made it's a really it's a really well made little package that that really adheres to some good satisfying rules of uh of films pick up on on uh, Keanu Reeves I, I think like I love Keanu Reeves and I will happily watch him in whatever he's in so there's no mm-hmm. shade sometimes he does suck but I, I sort of love that about him as well but in this film he's great I think I think yeah, he's yeah. really really good in this I've always liked him because I feel like he's never because of his style of acting almost like kind of non-acting it's it doesn't ever feel like a performance and it feels like it's oh this is a, a genuine dude in a genuine situation he's no frills he's not looking to hit these like dramatic highs and draw you in he's just a dude saying things on the screen kind of like i mean the best way to sum up is like dean learner from dark place you know he's not keanu reeves acting he's keanu reeves telling the truth you know to yeah, me, it's like what people love about him is his sincerity, right? And even when his acting isn't very good, it's sincere and yeah. you can't help but like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you employ a genuinely nice guy mm-hmm. who's so kind and so generous and so courteous that watching him on screen is effortless because you are just literally watching that man be that man. Yeah. And in some respects, that's probably why I'm quite a big fan of Scott Bakula because very similar he is one of Hollywood's kindest men and it's so effortless his performance in Keanu's and quite a lot of the other actors that you see are just so kind and genuine that that comes off the screen you don't get a sense of oh you're you're an ass you're a smarmy bastard you know it's not a chore to watch them it's not it's not effort it's they relax you as an audience member so it's a really weird explanation i know but yeah. it's like there's that's... no unnecessary complexity no. to the performance no right? yeah no and he never felt like even on the bus as well like his kind of style of acting his performance like the character of jackie he never felt bigger than the passengers as well like everything felt like it was almost an ensemble even the passengers were kind of like tertiary compared to like him and annie they almost kind of, i don't know it's saying about him i just but the way they the way they set it up yeah. was yeah he's a you know special special forces guy but within 10 minutes of the opening scenes he's just buying a coffee in the morning and he's the local the, the same bus driver obviously they're, they're establishing a routine yeah that Jack gets coffee at the same time every day and the same bus driver drops off stops off at the <laughs> other side of the yeah. road on time Get, every single day as well so. yeah and it sets up <laughs> that, that that lovely routine that he's just a normal guy who gets coffee in the morning yeah. and he's friends with a bus driver and people shout to him in the street oh morning you know it's it just sets up that normal pace of life that everyone lives, mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than going, eyes oh, is high flying jock and you know like it just normalises that character. And, and I think, I think that, that whole emphasises that. The whole scene as well, I think it heightens the whole like impact of when that first bus goes up mm. because it mm-hmm. is breaking his routine. It's just going about his day. It, it draws you into the events in a different way. I think compared to other films where he's like a stranger to his surroundings, he's just. 
in a street on the, on the morning. It's all familiar to him. And then it gets disrupted by just, yeah, a horrible massacre of bus passengers. And it's just, yeah, it's it's such a great establishing, like, moment in that film. I, and I, I, I quite like the way that he delivered his lines in the film, especially, like, the more, like, light-hearted ones, like, near the beginning where they're all uh, getting ready to deal with the elevator and... You know, like I think someone quips like, "Oh, how do you stop an elevator from falling or something?" Or when he just goes to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But he 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 pulled it. I thought he pulled it off quite well, actually. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that's his style. It it is very deadpan because he is quite monotone sometimes, and it, it just comes off as kind of very dry. He's not being quippy like a you know a Marvel film. Like, eh, mm. eh. he's like he's just very kind of blunt and I think that makes me laugh more than any kind of really overbaked joke like you mentioned a bit earlier about like bus passengers and such and like I think one of the things I really liked about the film as well is that they did they tried to spend some time with the passengers that were stuck on the main bus we got to know them a little bit and I think that was a nice touch that they they tried to do that instead of just having a bus full of like people just screaming and squirming yeah. Every now and again, and it and it gave the film a bit more, a bit more oomph, I guess. And they picked some really good actors to to portray these 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 guys. And is there was like a particular favourite of yours at all in in the in the bus passenger crew? I mean, also I, I guess mean, we're not including any, are we? So no. Um, I mean, I kind of like Doug. I think the guy that Alan Ruck plays, who's like the annoying kind of touristy dude. Yeah, um, in the airport. Yes, he's kind of cool, but he almost comes out. I think at first when you see him, you think, you think it's going to come off as this like annoying, kind of skeezy, kind of like abrasive character, like a bit of a dick who's like going to be argumentative with Jack. But he's like totally cool. Mm. You know, when he's on the phone, like when uh, Jack's going through the um, access hatch. And he sees the bomb and he's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it on the train. I pissed myself. I just, I remember that line was coming up. I couldn't remember what he said. I knew he watered it down. Like his comedic timing, that was so good. Yeah, I like, I like, I think I like, uh, I like him the most. I like Doug. I guess he was like the more interesting or more complex character on the bus, wasn't he? And even at the end where they finally were getting the passengers off. The, off the bus over that prank of wood and like he kind of slips and you can see he's scared but yeah um it's quite fascinating to see him being like that when at the beginning he was seemed very confident and very chatty to a point where it's quite annoying yeah saying about i mean him and i think it was helen like the saying about like when any first on the bus i would i'd go mad if i was on a bus and people were talking to me about being on the bus yeah. like helen i was like oh you know i like being on here because i can be on the freeway and not have to worry about traffic that's like please don't talk to me if i, if I went to yeah. work each day and people on the train <laughs> were talking to me about being on the train yeah. i'm like fuck off like i don't I'm care to play my video like, games here yeah. come on leave it's me alone like, Stab my face off, seriously, like, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad everyone wasn't the same. I just imagined a bus for the people that were fascinated by public transport. So, um, Steve, did you, did you have a favourite bus passenger? <laughs> uh, pro- probably. So, I'm not sure. Like, I liked the passengers, right? But I'm not sure that I, I can, I can describe any of them as being particularly complicated. I think. <laughs> Like this is where the film felt the most '90s because you know, as you've all said, it is an eclectic group of strangers on the bus that all get on really well and are chatty with each other. Aside from the criminal guy that shoots the driver, obviously, it, it's like it's fun, but 
like the 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 film couldn't think of a more nuanced way to tell you that Alan Ruck was a tourist. So what they chose to do was have Alan Ruck just say, "I am a tourist. Here is my camera and all of my touristy stuff." Um, and, and none of them. I mean, there, there are scenes where they panic, but like they don't panic enough, right? Like mm-hmm. they're pretty mm-hmm. chill most of the time. But who cares? Because it's fun. But I, sure. I, it's probably Alan Ruck is, is sure. my favorite one. Because yes, he, he he has some pretty good lines in there, partic- partic- particularly when he's on the phone. Yes, and he thumbs down. <laughs> Fuck me. But <laughs> again, that's that's what you get when you cast Alan Ruck as the light comedy relief on the bus. You know, the guy's known for Cameron from Ferris Bueller and then would later be on Spin City and the guy's got amazing comic timing. I I love the guy so much, Alan Ruck. But the way what struck me as so ultra modern was when he's taking a picture of the the special forces cops on the rig next to the bus. He's taking pictures out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's such a quiet, silent moment and he just gets his camera, snaps a picture, and I'm like, that's the shit that would happen today. Yeah, it is. Put yeah. down the mm. end of a camera phone. TikTok. Every <laughs> fucking time. Yeah. Horrible AI TikTok voice. What happens <laughs> when you have a bomb on the boat? Like, yes. Yeah. Oh no. It just oh, it no. just struck Yeah. <laughs> don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was just such a such a subtle moment that it was just taking a picture of what was happening. I was like that would that would be it today and in fact if that happened today no one on the bus would panic because they'd all get their cell phones out. I'd scroll yeah. for the ride. Oh we'll scroll, scroll, scroll. What was the name of the guy I can't remember what Keanu Reeves calls him as a Gigantor. Gigantor, oh, that's it. He was cool. Uh, I, was I, cool. I liked that's, him too. That's the guy who I was actually gonna pick. It's just like at the end, like halfway through, when he gets off that that board on wheels from under the bottom, you go, "You have some big old hairy kahunas." <laughs> I was just like, "That's like the most nineties." It really <laughs> was. Slap on the Jesus. back moment, but it was just, oh. it was just glorious. Yeah. But like Jason said, they're not very three-dimensional characters. They're just there for for filler really but oh, like yeah. the point where the point where the cops are driving alongside with that flatbed to try and get mm-hmm. the driver off and nobody else tries to get off like they all just sit there and they're like yep yeah, we'll just let the driver get off and i'll stay on the bus that has the bomb on it that's fine oh, like yeah. people would the... crush to the door to try and get <laughs> off right yeah i mean helen did try bless rest of, rest she, well she was sort of encouraged yeah. she, had, she had, had had to be coaxed but like yeah. but but I, I sort of love that they didn't try and get off the bus because because that would be quite mean spirited to have a scene like that. Mm, I yeah. love that they didn't. I love that they all did what they were told and that they all yeah. wanted to get on with each other. It was just nice. It was just nicer that way. Yeah, I wouldn't fly nowadays. They would just be gouging each other's eyes out to get off. So. Yes. Obviously, the the other part of the film that was marvelous, even even for then, was like the stunts that they pulled off, like the bus jumping scene. Right, it didn't work for me now. Did it work for you? I don't know. Am I making more mm. of it than I should be? Because yeah. it's a straight piece of road, and then all of a sudden the bus flies up into the air <laughs> yeah. without any kind of ramp yeah. or, or, or anything. The, the road didn't curve up or anything like that. It was a flat, flat piece of road, and then the, the, the drop, and then the bus just suddenly goes up. <laughs> like, yeah, as it if Superman sense. was holding, him, holding it up or something. I don't know how they got away with doing that, even back in '94. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. I, I think they sort of 
there was like some debris at the end of the uh, at the end of the unfinished mm. road that it sort of looked like the bus might have like driven over and gotten a little bit of air, but no, it made no sense at all. It was it, it was just nonsense. lifted up. It just like spontaneously yeah. just elevated. Like, and, <laughs> did like, everyone get to the back of the bus and jump? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a pop a wheelie just to get it at that angle. <laughs> But uh, he even says something like, it's an exit, maybe there's an incline. It's like, mate, you can see it with your eyeballs. There's <laughs> yeah. no incline there, buddy. Come and on. it goes to the long shot of obviously a real LA highway that's still being built. Mm-hmm. And I didn't someone do the physics of that jump once? I think that you're ha- right, yeah. It's, it's Probably, like not possible. Yeah. They, they like, didn't, <laughs> didn't, like you said, it's two flat roads, but how did the bus go, go up? There was no mound of dirt there. It was just, uh, that happened. I mean, look. I know it's a movie, right? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> playing like the guy, kind of person that goes, "Well, that didn't happen in real life, so that's just bullshit." Because obviously, things happen in films that obviously don't or can't happen in 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 films in real life. But at least make a little bit of an effort here, please. Like mm-hmm. at least just <laughs> put a little ramp or a piece of wood. Or, or something just to make it look as if the, the bus was actually going to go up enough yeah, like, for it to, to clear the, the to clear the gap. There could have been a narrative conceit there, right? Like they could have come up with like, obviously it would be dumb if there was a ramp there, but if there was something <laughs> that could have served as a ramp, it would have the made flashing more chevron sense. on it, like a yeah, yeah. Row or something. <laughs> I was I was shocked to find out that I actually did that jump for real. As a kid, I was convinced yeah. it was like. Like a minute, like a minute. (laughs) Like I was convinced it was either a miniature shot or like the bus was on wires and it was like an empty carcass of a bus that they just, you know, lifted and then spliced together. But I was amazed to find out that it was actually a real stunt driver ramping a real bus. Mm -hmm. I mean, the actual jump, the actual jump was cool, and I I loved the suspense from it and the the relief when when they make made it. To the other side, and when um, they land, one of the pa- one of the passengers says, "We're out of control, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in case you forget when this film was made, <laughs> it's so nice. I've, I've actually I've actually looked up the bus jump, and it was done in two shots, and the gap in the highway was actually digitally removed. Um, oh. I mean, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah stunt, stunt driver ramping both buses and hitting a ramp and landing on a wall of cardboard boxes, and then the two scenes were stitched together. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I had <laughs> it, no it was idea. Effective. It was very effective. Yeah, yeah. I totally bought it, other than the fact it managed to ramp itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. aside from the fact that, on it, film. that it that it did not adhere to Earth physics. No. Yeah. But one one stunt that I thought worked really well in the film was when Jack tried to uh, disarm the bomb. By getting on this little trolley thing that looks like some like a mechanic would lay on and roll under a, a car with, I thought that whole scene was just really cool and like really imaginative. Lay down on this little like trolley thing at six, 50 miles an hour, so close to the ground, and then like get winched or you know or, or get uh, loosen the winch so he could roll under the bus so he could try and disarm the mm. bomb. I thought yeah. it was a really cool stunt. Yeah, no, totally. It was totally. Yeah. And, and I, I was trying to look out for the scene, like, you know, the close-up scenes where you can see his face and he's trying to defuse the bomb while he's under the bus. I was trying to, like, it all looks really good as well. And I yeah. can't imagine that for those shots in particular, they just shot him under the actual bus. But it looked really convincing. It, it looked it looked death-defying. It was really well done. Yeah.
let's move on to the cast of the film and it's quite a, an awesome collection of actors actually we, we've already spoken about Keanu Reeves quite a bit already and how he portrayed Jack and his um, his acting skills and and I think Keanu gets a bit of a hard rap sometimes oh um, massively you know massively. like you know get off his back you know he he's definitely not the worst actor I've seen in films or TV shows and Absolutely he does not, he does a bloody good job when when he's called upon you know and like obviously like not every film that he's in is going to be great just like any actor you know I think we've spoken enough about Keanu Reeves but uh, Sandra Bullock ah oh, Sandra Bullock um, <laughs> everyone's yeah. favourite 90s oh I fell like, I, I was saying, yeah I rented this film obviously I never saw it in cinema wasn't of age but yeah, I rented this and I just like fell in head over heels in love with her straight away I think this was like her first film wasn't it or there was the breakout now I think she's fucking amazing in this film I, I love her she's a nice little analogue for like you know the, the viewer she's the innocent person that's caught up in the situation and she steps up and she's not just like hysterical she's really serves a purpose and she's just a really good strong character yeah she's just fucking lovely oh my god I love Sandra Bullock so much I could I could go on all day to be honest she's just um, like an American sweetheart in this film and she's the yeah. same in Demolition Man and literally just like she's just so normal and approachable and I think that's what works just a normal girl getting on the bus gets caught up in a situation like again like Sylvia Keanu it's just such a sincere performance that you buy it and then the joke that they make about her having a license revoked for speeding and yet she's <laughs> it's just such a, a cool little <laughs> gag that yeah that is so realistic because that's the kind of shit that would happen to me. <laughs> You're never going to believe this, but <laughs> yeah. Also, thanks to her, we're obviously got season two of this now and we're actually two for two on films with exploding Pinto jokes as well because she even makes oh, a joke yes. about how it's like an oversized Pinto. Yeah. I was like, yes. yes. So, like, so we need to see what we've got for episode three. We need to keep this up, Jason. So. I know, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard pressed, I think, for the for, the, for what we're going to cover for episode three. So. Got to rename it a Pinto pod. I think now. we might have to like graphically um, put, put Pinto, Pinto in <laughs> somewhere. It will explode. Yeah. <laughs> the exploding Pinto experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, uh, did Sandra um, do a good job for you? <laughs> did Sandra Bullock do a good job for me in the 1994 <laughs> Keanu Reeves film Speed uh, yes, yes mate. Yeah. I, she was great uh, yeah she was great she's a really good character like extremely level headed like we don't learn a lot about her personal life but you sort of get the impression mm. that her personal life is chaotic as fuck and that has given her the skills to keep a level head when she's on a bus that might explode. I think that was really well done. That sort of explains why she's able to do what she's able to do. She seems the type that's putting out fires all the time. Um, but yeah, she was lovely. She was great. Yeah. And I, I like how do I how do I articulate this? Like the film, I like the film doesn't sexualize her. I like that the mm. film doesn't mm. care that she is a woman. She's just a capable person in the film. Who, and yeah. Sandra Bullock does a great job. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. does, she does a great job of driving that bus because I know <laughs> really if it does. was me, that bus would have rolled, especially when they had to make that hard right turn. If that was me, my game over. Sorry. <laughs> I think one of, her, one of my favorite scenes with her as well, it's obviously a small moment, but like, yeah, she, 
she obviously is really good at like showing the strength of her character but she's really good at showing the vulnerability as well like when she plows into that pram thinking it's got a baby oh, in it God, like yeah. she sells oh, yeah. the trauma oh, yeah. so well in that moment of just not knowing the, the actual oh, reality of what's happened that was a great scene yeah she was that's... just like beside herself broken yeah. for a second she thought she killed an infant and it's like she really really sold it I really like love that scene and, and I was taken by surprise at the at the end of the film as well when she just starts crying yeah like mm. that was really good as well I was like I felt myself well up a little bit yeah. like yeah, yeah of course you're gonna cry after that like you've kept yeah. your head for long yeah, enough just... <laughs> do a do a nice big cry now <laughs> you're just you're just gonna break aren't you you're yeah. just gonna yeah. it's fall apart welcoming slice of realism in a film like this you know definitely mm. but even going back to that pram scene as well like I mean it was a bit of a shock for the viewer as well because I'd kind of forgotten quite a lot of few parts of this film as well and then when we got to the scene it was like oh look here we go mom with the baby in the pram she's going to come out on you know start to come on the road when the bus is coming and then they're going to try and make it uh, so the bus misses the, the pram by like inches or something like that and then when the bus actually does hit the pram like I was like oh shit it actually went there and I'm thinking I know this is an 18 rated film but I mean what <laughs> You know, baby death. This is a bit much. Um, over, honestly, to, to then find out it was all full of t- uh, cans of beans or asparagus or, or whatever. Um, <laughs> very specific. I didn't like, I didn't understand though because that scene. You always think that kind of scene is going to be like some like old bag lady, like a homeless woman with a yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was like some really like white middle class, Just, like well, woman. Yeah, maybe like, she, she looked like, she looked like a normal sort of middle class white woman until her pram full of cans got here, and then she sort so of turned odd. a little bit more. Snub Snarling and, and strange. Karen. It was like it wasn't yeah, really weird. Yeah. Speak to. No, I, I, I want to know the like. expanded universe story as to why she had a pram full of cans. I think it, I think it's booze. You know, I always read you, it as being booze, right? You, you, you know, you. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> those kind of things always pop into my brain, and I can't help it because I'm like, why did she you have a pram full of cans? Original story. Yeah, <laughs> like, I wanna, original I know, series. I want to know if so yeah. many pictures, it would happen. So yeah, you know, t- a ten ten part um, ten part event series. But but it's like why? Like was she going to yeah. the food bank? Was she donating to the food bank? Was she recycling cans? Cram <laughs> uh, can woman, uh, a speed story. Yeah. No, now I'm thinking like if your buggy goes over five miles an hour, it's going to blow up or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They should have ramped. They should have ramped the pram. You know, could have <laughs> yeah. like blown a load earlier in the film and did the jump. Then, great. <laughs> I'd have watched that. Okay, well, let's move on to Dennis Hopper, who plays um, Howard, the 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 bad guy of the film. And for most of the film, we don't really see a lot of him, do we? Like he he appears in clips here and there, you know. Mm. But like at the elevator scene at the beginning, we see bits and bobs, and then he has short scenes throughout the film in his hideaway apartment but I guess it's not until right at the end where he gets most of the action himself but I think Dennis Hopper did yet again a, a, a solid solid performance from him <laughs> he was having so much fun like yeah. Dennis Hopper just chewing his he's eating the scenery up he was nibbling on it like I loved it <laughs> when the bit early on when he like when Jack shoots um, oh, um, Harry in the leg and he just like ah, he just runs out the door with the yeah detonator. he does a, like, he mm. does a bad guy cackle yeah he's like proper like Batman from like the Adam West series kind of cackle <laughs> like just what the just fuck needed is a going Dutch on? angle to finish that one off <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so weird it was 
I love him in this film. He's so much energy. He's he's having fun. I, I, I've always had time for Dennis Hopper. Love him. But yeah, I like they kind of go with that kind of almost... Again, it almost feels like kind of that diehard template where he's not like a villain that's been shoved in your face. You're getting like little bites of him. You're seeing him every so often. And the fact most of the conceit is like early on is him and Jack are, other than obviously early in the film, but they're communicating over like radio the public payphone it has that kind of like where they're keeping the antagonist and the protagonist apart and i like that instead of it being like multiple scenes in the film where they're clashing seeing yeah. each other yeah it's that kind of it has that kind of almost cat and mouse kind of like die hard with a vengeance feel with it which i know came after this yeah i i, I like that in my action films yeah that's that's up. a good that, that is a good point like mm. where, where they kept them separate and it, mm. it it does create that i don't know like it does make it more uh, interesting and special i guess because mm-hmm. because they've done that and it makes it even more exciting at the end when they obviously do come together and, and chase each other or, or however they climax the film but yeah no that's a really good point that they did that and that that was probably an extra special ingredient that they put on that made it that little bit extra special mm. well that's, that's what I mean by separating the protagonist and the antagonist you you build that that tension within the audience because you're like are they going to meet are they going to have this face off are they going to like it just it just works by separating them both to a point where each is so inaccessible by the other party that the stakes are higher because of that it worked in Star Trek 2 it worked in my mind's gone a blank but by separating the villain it just works so much better and Steve Dennis Hopper do it for you mate yep I love Dennis <laughs> Hopper he's great and he's great in this I, I love that I love that the I mean for starters he's called Howard Payne which is a, a great 90s villain <laughs> name um, but I, I love that I've never just even a, thought about that <laughs> He's just a dude. He's just yeah. a bloke. And I really love like he's kind of just like schlubby. He's just just a schlubby guy. When he's yeah. when he's watching the monitors in in his little hideout, he just looks like he could be watching TV while eating Doritos. He's great. And I love that maniacal cack cackle at the beginning of the film and then the, towards the end of the film as well when he knows that Jack is on top of the subway car and he just starts mm. shooting upwards. And then he goes, I'm coming for you, Jack. And then he just like runs out of focus down the train car going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the it's thing with ridiculous. Dennis Hopper. Oh, I love yeah, him so much. That's the thing with Dennis Hopper is like, you've got like villains that will come across as like real comic book like, but then you've got this co- almost comedy, not comedy villain, but he's got such a, <laughs> such an intensity about him. That it's exhausting just watching Dennis Hopper perform these roles, and yeah. it's like holy shit, man! Like <laughs> a definitely, definitely a knight of the old code actor, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you think he was like putting put an extra effort into his performance just to make sure that people knew he was a good actor after the Super Mario Bros. film? <laughs> he, was he not good in the Super Mario Brothers movie? I think he some was. Pe- some people would know. say. Some, some would say that was his seminal performance. <laughs> Monkey! <laughs> just like, what's not to love about that? Great. Um, yeah, I think what works as well is you, the fact, going back to Keanu Reeves, some people obviously can level at him that you know he's a bit like bland an actor, but I think that kind of works and that you've got the eccentricity and the pure energy of Dennis Hopper. Yeah. It's proper like oil and water. <laughs> it's just yeah. like this completely like in your face madman and then you've got the quite stoic you know just yeah Keanu cop and it's just it just 
Yeah, it really works for me. And what, what do we think, like, about his whole backstory? Old Howard, you know, was a retired bomb squad police officer and he's on a mission to get what he deserves. And Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why this film is so good is because it is just, like, structured in a really satisfying way because you have the conversation between Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves at the beginning where it's like, you get a shitty pension and a, and a cheap gold watch... And then when Keanu Reeves finds the bomb under the bus, he sees that the timer is a cheap gold watch. So you, you can start to put two and two together yourself. And then yeah. obviously later on it's revealed, ah, he's an ex-bomb squad guy and he's dissatisfied because he's got no money, even though he gave a lot of his life to the police force and injured his hand and he feels like he's owed something. Like I thought it was good. I thought it was really well done. And yeah. it was a very satisfying mm. character arc. It was really good. I think it... it kind of fit well as well I think around that time as well I mean this was obviously the time where you kind of I think there was a lot going on with the whole like disgruntled worker you know going a bit mad like you know poster workers I think having you know a bomb squad guy being disgruntled and then going around doing horrible acts it was very of its time that mid late 90s I think it was kind of finding a lot of traction in the news around this point so I think it worked yeah really really well yeah cool a couple of other of the cast that I just want to mention before we move on and the first is obviously Jeff Daniels playing <laughs> Harry <laughs> seriously <laughs> but yeah all I, every time I see him now I just think of Dumb and Dumber it's called funny. Harry in this as well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's, true, it's yeah. funny you should say that because when I when I fired this film up earlier and obviously you know Jeff Daniels is in it and you know the cast and if we all know we all know Dumb and Dumber very well we did a whole episode on the film itself but when you got that big entrance of Keanu and Jeff Daniels as the the hero cop men like trope you know and the car comes ramping over that thing and lands and literally destroys itself before it parks did anyone else not think they should have just edited in the muck cuts van flying mm-hmm. up? <laughs> just That's an in, just a yeah a, a random insert shot for Dumb and Dumber fans. It's like my brain was just like that should have been the muck cuts van. This film came out in the same year as Dumb and Dumber, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, Christ. Just, yeah, I just I'm glad you brought that up actually. When when they're speeding towards the office block to help with the elevator terrorist guy, what? And the and the car does a huge ramp and then lands yeah. and smashes. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like <laughs> what the fuck? Dukes of Dukes of Hazard level logic, isn't and then, it? And then, like, and then they get out and neither of them mention it. <laughs> Yeah, so got, like it, shattered kneecaps. You know, just, <laughs> just, yeah, just. and it it works in context of a film. Like they did it in the Starsky and Hutch movie, didn't they? Where Starsky's car ramps up this major entrance of this iconic car. You literally see the car bend in half when it lands. Starsky oh, gets God. out, and it's it's a comedy movie. But by putting it in this, it just doesn't make any sense for that car to just come flying over that um, that road. Mm. literally concertinering as it lands it's like incredibly dangerous like they'd be fired (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever you're better off just doing the action shot where the car comes in from the left or the right screeches to a halt and the two get out and one Mm -hmm. of them scoots across the bonnet you know what I mean they're just trying to set a precedent here of saying look you're in for a very good ride here there's going to be cool stunts just like this one yeah no you're right oh, this film, this <laughs> it, is, it is the film telling you it does not give a fuck at least this one makes a little bit of sense just wait until you get to the bus jump <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a film full of foreshadowing 
Like, mm-hmm. did anyone clock that the the twenty five and twenty five on the roof of the bus? I did no. not know. As in no equals fifty. As in equals fifty ah, on the no top of the bus. But it, for the entire movie, it is thrown in your face. 25, 25, hmm. 25, 25, It's fifty. I didn't know about that oh. at all. But was it? I watched uh, was it a YouTube video about fi- like film foreshadowing stuff, and I was like, oh, and it blew my mind because I was like, how did I miss that for nearly ten years, twenty years watching this movie? How did I miss that? That's really cool. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, but going back to Jeff, he like where Rich was saying about Dennis Hopper having that yin and yang with Keanu with his kind of deadpanness. I think he kind of worked the same way with 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 him. I think they made quite good partners in the film. They did. I got the impression yeah. that Jeff Daniels was, um, or Harry, I should say, was older than than Jack, because obviously he, uh, Harry's ready to check out. Right? It's kind of tragic, really, what happens because he's he starts mm. to realise his own mortality. Mm. He's like, maybe it's time to pack to pack this in. Whereas Jack's, I got the impression that he was still on the ground floor of all this and he's still got years to go ahead of him so they did make uh good partners in that in that sense i sort of got the impression that harry kind of you know trained jack maybe maybe that's Mm. the sort of dynamic that they have Uh, and maybe he's seeing jack almost surpassing him yeah, I think I think Jeff of... Daniels has got one of those faces that just looks maybe older than he is. I'm not entirely sure. Actually, I've never even thought about it that way. To be fair, yeah, I, I couldn't buy him because of his face. Uh, to yeah. me, some of the expressions <laughs> he does, he just says Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Like <laughs> even the bit when he realizes like that bomb's gonna go off and he's done. I just yeah. expect him to go. <laughs> he <"No!"> had <laughs> just, just like call he out. Had like, so <laughs> much time to get out of there as well. What the hell was that expression? What the hell was that expression? Yeah, that was, was just, oh shit, I'm fucked oh. kind of expression. No, but you're not, Harry. Turn around and get out of there. What are yeah, you doing? Run, run. Uh, th- th- yeah. There's also the scene, the really weird scene where Dennis Hopper shoves his fingers up his nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Up Jeff Daniels' nose, I should say. Oh, that was strange. Yeah. Well, it's an 90s man. Ten ways of how not to pick up a guy by the nostrils. (laughs) Like like you said, Steve, it doesn't make any sense for him to pick him up by the nostrils. Like it looked cool, man. Yeah, but I think it's just I was just you know Dennis Hopper just maybe it was Ablimin. Yeah, and the director was like, well. It's Dennis Hopper. I can't say that's not making the film. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But you you mentioned there a bit where Harry obviously meets his end um, in the in the house, and I mean that game. I thought that was kind of brave filmmaking as well. Like we we've got you know they've established Harry up to that point in the film as quite a main character, and like he's being quite influential in the plot of the film, and then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, we're just going to blow him up and kill him. Bloody yeah. hell, you know. I think yeah. it's a sacrificial lamb thing, wasn't it? Like he discovers it, he uncovers who it is and the plan, and then he's not around to see it resolved. And it's just it's mm. such a sad sacrificial lamb moment. Yeah, and you also need to understand how ruthless uh, how it is because at that point in the film, you're like, is he really going to blow up this bus full of mm. these people? And so by blowing up somebody like the nicest guy in the film, yeah. who's really like he's really likable and is ready to leave. Mm. Uh, you're like, oh shit, no, this is pretty serious. Howard really is going to maybe do this. But it is sad, because he's ready to quit. Poor Harry. Okay, the last person I want to mention is um, Herb, Mac McManon, Mr. Joe Morton. Obviously, he's uh, got, uh, I've got a soft spot for him from his uh, time in Terminator 2 as Miles Dyson, which I think was a better acting. 
film for him, but he did mm. still do a good job here, do you think? Yeah, yeah. He pulled off the uh, the cap quite well. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. I don't think he like it never felt kind of cliche. Sometimes those kind of like captain kind of roles in these films around this era, they can be quite cliche, like you know, shouty, just kind of over the top kind of character. Like you the know, shouty captain of Beverly Hills Cop, that yeah. kind of shouty. A bit abrasive and just mm. yeah, in your face. But no, he never felt like that. I appreciated. Now I've always found the guy very charismatic. I, lo- I love him, Terminator Two, for the, the role he had. So it's always nice to see him in this. I can't actually forgot he was in this until I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Shane Warren. Shit, I totally forgot. So yeah, it was nice. I would have liked to seen him have a uh, his own little action shot in the in the film. You know, like he he jumped onto a bike or something, and he had to speed up to the bus and had to do some kind of dangerous stunt just to try and help Jack out with some some kind of problem with the bus and then like make his ways back back to the safety of the helicopter or wherever he's stationed himself but he's got he, he's got a great moment when they find out like the moment where they find out that the the highway is unfinished and they're like I guess they fell behind and he just says you're fired everybody's fucking fired <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man I love the lines in this film it's so good Okay, well, let's move on to our favourite moments of the film. And Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Was, was there any particular part, part of the film that, that stood out for you? I love the whole film as a film itself, but that train crash at the end, I was just waiting for that to happen. I was like, come on, bring it. It's like that fight on the top of the train car, the speed ramps up and it just shoots out the station, scrapes along the concrete and just it was just such a beautifully shot finale it was just great i love the film as a whole but that is just a masterful shot of practical filmmaking at its finest (laughs) and i was quite actually blown away by when i watched it today because i forgot how good it actually holds up I mean that stunt was much more believable than than some of the previous stunts that they they tried to pull off in the film and like you said they, they pulled it off to a good effect yeah, I mean, they don't they don't use miniatures for the bus, which makes sense because you can't scale it down in and amongst real people and traffic, so the stunts have to be full scale. They could have done the miniature shot with the the ramp, but it would have been too obvious. But by almost seamlessly blending the full scale shots with the train car to its miniature counterpart, by pulling off that stunt of having a full-size train car burst out of the train station with people underneath it, I was just blown away today. I was like, oh my God, like the real people underneath that, it just fires out this thing. It's just a glorious, glorious shot. The whole the whole sequence just, and again, it still holds up and that's why I'm all for practical filmmaking. Yeah. Just, just that's why I love Christopher Nolan. Not, you know, not so much, I'm not a big fan of, I'm not a Christopher Nolan fanboy, but his way of approaching filmmaking is keeping what makes films like Speed and the Terminator movies and all the films we grew up with in the 90s and the 80s. It's what makes them feel real. Mm. It's practical yeah. filmmaking. Whether it be full scale or miniature, just it just looks stunning. 
the whole beheading spoilers of Dennis Hopper's yeah. character. <laughs> Just uh, I, I actually completely forgot that until they were on the roof of the car, the train car. I was like, oh yeah, oh wait, it's coming, it's coming, here it goes. And I was, yeah, but I'm taller. <laughs> I was like, yes. I love, I love. <laughs> yes. I'm smarter than you, Jack. I'm smarter yeah. than you. And it's all just a setup. Yeah. So Keanu can say, yeah, I'm taller. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And, oh, and again, that, that seems such a, such a moment where both characters almost accept their fate that yeah. they're going to potentially die. She's handcuffed to a pole. He can't break the pole off because she just can't break it. And she just sits down and stops. Yeah. And he ramps up the speed and he goes over to her and sits on the floor with her. Just sits. And it's going to sound weird, but it had echoes of Casino Royale where Bond sits in the shower with Vesper after that fight in the stairwell. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually a really, really good comparison. Yeah. yeah. And I never picked up on that until I watched it today and I was like wow very rarely do you see a film that does that where both characters just sit together in that moment and accept what's happening or what's going to happen and it's just such a lovely moment where they were preparing to die (laughs) in this train car it doesn't and just it doesn't feel overwritten or like dramatic like oh they have this big speech with one another they just yeah it's so underplayed like they are people in a real situation they're not people that feel like they know they're in a film that oh we'll be okay yeah. you know we know what's ahead because we've seen the script it's like mm. it feels like she's, you're watching people in real life yeah, process yeah like that she's, she's, she's telling him to jump off the train you know because she's great and he's refusing to because he's great and it's just yeah, yeah it's great yeah. although I will say uh, the, the the track isn't finished like what the city is fucking shit you mean like yeah. earlier when the road wasn't finished and there's a point where he turns to her and says you're not gonna believe this I'm just like yeah, yeah. no shit <laughs> yeah but that that again mirrors real life because how many times have through your life you've gone you're not gonna believe what's just happened yeah. or, it never rains but it pours yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're gonna have a bad day you're gonna have a bad day mm-hmm. how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean it's that it's that moment but you mentioned about where he gets beheaded um, Howard and I really liked that effect not the effect but I, I liked the way in which he was dealt with because it was refreshing for him to just not get shot or for yeah. him to just get handcuffed and put in a police van and for the you know policeman to go, well, go on, Jim, take him away. Um, you know, it was nice. <laughs> Not nice, but it was, ref- like I said, it was refreshing, just like, boom, he's done, he's gone. Mm. That's it. Suddenness of it. He didn't yeah. even see it coming. It was like no. from behind. So it wasn't like uh, like he's holding him by the back of the head, pushing him towards it, and he knows, oh, shit, he's got the better of me. It just mm. happens when he's in a moment of pure cockiness and thinking yeah, he's you know, got, I've he's, got yeah. the higher ground I'm beating you <laughs> he's got the dead man switch and everything and then all of a sudden yeah. it's just Keanu kind of looks back and sees the warning light and he's like I've got a great idea and then <laughs> boom off goes his head yeah and that's it he's done done and dusted I, and yeah it was just refreshing so I kind of wish they kept Jeff Daniels in this film just to say at the end his head <laughs> fell off <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> If I'd done a rewrite, yeah, oh, make no. it happen. <laughs> Sellotape Dennis Hopper's back. Sellotape it around the neck. Give it to a blind. Give him to a blanket. <laughs> pretty bird. Pretty bird. Dennis Hopper want a cracker? <laughs> Just like. <laughs> uh, oh. Sorry. We haven't had many tangents this episode, so. Uh... <laughs> uh, Steve, what was your favourite moment, mate? I don't know. It's hard, right? Because there's so many of them. Hmm. I made some notes though, so. I'm just going to pick out some bits that we haven't talked talk, talk, 
talk, talked about yet. They might not all be classified as favourite moments, but they're moments. In the opening scene when the elevator doesn't crash down to the basement, there's a guy down there. I think he was with the police. And he just goes, usually they fall down now. Yeah. Anyone else notice that? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. That's weird. What a weird delivery of that line. What a weird line. I it, it, makes it, like, quite, um, it makes you question how many lift falls he's been present for. Right, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, usually. What do you Again, mean? Again, I want, a, back, yeah, I want was, a background series on that guy. Like, what was his daily routine? Was, was there like a, a series of films that kept having elevator crashes that they were making reference know. to at that time? Yeah, I don't know. It was mm. weird. And his, his delivery was strange as well. I don't know. Uh, I really liked the bit where they write bomb on bus on that bit of paper and then the wind mm-hmm. takes it and it just lands on the windshield in front in front of the driver yeah. yeah that was really cool i like it when keanu reeves is negotiating with the other guy who's got the gun and he says we're just two cool guys <laughs> because 90s <laughs> when alan ruck turns to another passenger who looks really distressed and just says it's okay if you need to you go right ahead and vomit yeah. <laughs> and then yeah well i'm taller that was also a great moment it was indeed that bomb on bus sign thing where was was brilliant. It um, makes me wonder if they put that in the trailer because that's just like a shot that just sums up the film in like a real snappy one second moment. Mm. That now means that they probably didn't. Time to make a fan made edit trailer edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Rich. For me, it feels like a smaller part in you know compared to a lot of the other events of the film. But what I really did like in this, the one scene that stands out for me, the whole thing with when they're heading towards the airfield and they're going to basically offload all the passengers and they do the whole looping of the uh, CCTV on the bus. I just thought that was really quite inventive. Nice little something you don't usually see in a film or, or film of this time, especially an action film. Like it was yeah. quite smart. And it was nicely thought through, and even the whole slip up where you see the guy's briefcase between his legs like appear, mm. disappear. Little things like that, and seeing Howard pick up on it. Mm. I just loved the game they were playing and how they kind of got rumbled. Mm. I just thought it was a really nice part in this film, away from all the, the action and you know, the more bombastic stuff. It just felt smarter. And I just really appreciate that. It feels like something you'd probably get in films more now but I think back then especially sort of mid 90s I don't know it just really stood out to me I've always loved that scene it was it was clever and I remember thinking as that scene started I remember thinking they're not going to get enough footage to be able to film yeah. him that's ridiculous that's ridiculous but the writers thought of that because mm. they create tension by them saying you need to loop you need to loop it now and the captain's like I've only got a minute of footage that's not enough and I was like okay no this film's really smart yeah I, I love again, the um the equipment that the, that they were using, it just aged the film so nicely. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. 90s tech. Yeah, oh, it was Start watching Sandra Bullock in the net, like, <laughs> like wow. I, you know, I need to watch that film again I, now. It's an enjoyable <laughs> movie, and it's so I love 90s schlock kind of like action tech movies. I just I don't know why it's like therapy to me. Maybe because we grew up then. I don't know, mm. but the cam- the camera moment. I'm glad you brought it up because. They're all worried about like the helicopters following. He's using mm. the, the cameras around the city and the helicopters and stuff like that. They don't think for one moment through almost half the film's runtime that there's a camera on the bus until he looks up and sees it. He sees the uh, university logo and he's like, oh. And it's one of those moments I remember when I watched it originally. I was like, it's quite a human thing. Because how often do you not see the thing that's right in front of you? You mm. never question it. Exactly. And it's just a nice little touch of him working out that oh, he's been watching us the entire time. It's not just a, the helicopters and then the uh, 
CCTV cameras he's tracking us with. It's just you don't think to look at things right in front of your nose. And and he says earlier in the film as well when the when the chop when the choppers are gone and the captain says to him now let's get everyone off the bus. Keanu Reeves says I can't do that because he's going to know. And I don't know how he's going to know, but he's going to know. Mm. And then obviously they pay it off later by showing you, oh yeah, shit, there's a camera on the bus. And it's creepy too, because he's been watching, mm. I've forgotten the character's name, Sandra Bullock. He's been watching her the whole time. So it's kind of creepy in a way as well. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. Dirty old man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> come on now, we've, you know, we're all doing that in 94. <laughs> Tell you a looping of tapes going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh no. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the ending of the film then. And from the evacuation of the bus and explosion, the police try to lure Howard out of his hiding place by following his instructions to leave money in the bin close to his hideaway. Meanwhile, Howard has figured out that the police have tampered with the video feed of the bus and learns of the evacuation. He dresses up in his police uniform, grabs Annie, straps a ton of bombs to her and uh, to aid his escape. Jack figures all this out and what follows is an action-packed ending on a run runaway subway train. So I appreciate we've already kind of covered that part of the ending. But I guess what we could talk about is that beginning of that part, like where he's, where all the police have found out where Howard has, is actually hiding and they all run off and they, they kind of put the money in the bin like he wanted, Howard wanted them to to try and lure him out of the building so they could try and capture him and yeah again I thought this was quite an effective part of the film and it was it was a nice change of pace you know because now that we had the whole bus thing resolved and it, and it kind of turned more generic a bit more generic action film didn't it yeah. in this part of the film but it was still it was like I say it was still a nice change of pace they're all they're all kind of waiting to, to Howard to come out and yet he's still one step ahead of them all with with the whole under the bin thing and uh, grabbing Andy and Andy um, Annie and shoving all the all those bombs on her just made made it just uh, that little extra cool didn't it mm. yeah. yeah and and you're right as well I thought the same thing once they get off the bus becomes a little bit a little bit more generic because obviously they've now abandoned the whole the film's whole conceit which is the bus that couldn't slow down but it doesn't matter because it's still really good and then they just exchange that for a subway car at the end yeah it's still things going fast so it works and i'm glad this film came before die with a vengeance because if it was after it would have made the ending feel even kind of more generic and a bit flat Mm. because it really would have reminded me of the bit when mclean was taking the bomb off the subway car it just really yeah it just rings so familiar um but hey it beat die hard to the punch so Mm. but yeah i do agree with steve it does feel a bit more generic by that point i kind of i miss the bus i felt you know like i you know i wanted i wanted to stay on that bus i'm not gonna lie i would happily stay on there with a bomb underneath i'm fine with that it's (laughs) yeah it wore things down a little bit it felt a bit more formulaic but still very good very exciting and Chris, do you have any thoughts on the on that part of the film? No, it was, you guys have covered it pretty well. Actually, I don't have anything else to add to that because it. Yeah, once you get off the bus, don't have a film called Speed on a bus that couldn't stop anymore. They had to try and address yeah. capturing Howard, though, didn't they? Yeah, it, yeah, and it was just done. It was done well, but like then they just put you on a train, and they were like, "There you go, now so we're on a train that can't stop." It's empty, it's completely empty and devoid of passengers, apart from that one poor driver. They've got 
completely <laughs> annihilated. So. He got surprisingly graphically shot in the back. His back yeah. got wrecked. Submachine gun. Yeah. Poor mm. guy. And then they had that close-up of all the instruments and all his blood, which was like... That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's probably the hardest this film got in terms of, like... Or, or you know, I was surprised know, that it was pirate. an 18 rated film. Same, I, actually. I, thought I was, was surprised when you said that. I I didn't know it was an 18 but at all till tonight, actually. But I mean, like when you when we look back at the whole film, like is it deserving of an 18? I mean, I didn't no. think there was anything that graphic. They don't even like say Helen. fuck that much. They yeah, say yeah, fuck yeah, like three or bad. four times. Even so, Helen goes under the wheels. It's not explicit. It's not like you no. see her like yeah, see her head no. pop or anything. No, you just, just see the boss go up and down a bit, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> worse for the cans than I did Helen. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I'd like to know, like, what there, there must be a specific part of the film that it must maybe it was this part of the film that that gave it that 18 rated that the mm. whole train driver being shredded in the back. Yeah, I mean, you could say the decapitation, but shit, we've had that in bloody Star Wars and they're 12. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but you then you see, head, you know, see it, Christopher Lee's head go. You know, but then you didn't really, you didn't really see it. Either though, did you? No, no, I guess not. I mean, it was more imagination, like, oh, you know, his head is now being ripped from his body because of the impact of that on the light kind of thing, mm. you know. It's not like they did a close-up of his neck and you saw it all getting ripped off or something. It was it was like minuscule at, at most. Yeah, so. so quick. I mean, top of a train, yeah, it's blinking, you miss it. But mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can only think it was the driver and I don't know. I thought the whole thing has kind of, like kind of a wholesome feel to it. I thought it was like <laughs> yeah. pretty soft around the edges. This mm. film really, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah surprising. Quite surprising, very surprising. Was it an eighteen in this country? Or, I swear it was a fifteen. I swear it was. I know. I know it was R in the states, but I'm absolutely well, certain it was a fifteen here. I'm, when, I'm I don't sure. know about when it was first released, but I mean, just going from when I watched it on Amazon, it was rated eighteen. Wow. Okay. So, this never yeah. struck me as an eighteen certificate. No. So, yeah, so, I mean, we, we know how the film ended and obviously Jack and Annie get together and have a nice smooch at the end and everyone's happy families, I guess, and um, a really effective way of just ending this high-octane film, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a bit cliche of the whole, like, they get together at the end, but I thought yeah. you know, they've gone through that they kind of thing together. Of, it, mm. They sort of address that, though, with the with the repeated line about how relationships that start under intense circumstances don't last. Yeah, so they they mm. sort of have their tongue in their own cheek cheek about that. So I sort <laughs> of let, I sort of let them off for the cliche of, of yeah. having them get together at the end. <laughs> yeah, and then she ends up with Jason Patrick. So yeah, and then they cheapen <laughs> it in the sequel, yeah. and even name drop him, don't they? Like about Jack, and so yeah, why couldn't they just leave the film as it was? They live every, oh, happily ever after. They never step on a bus ever again. It is. I mean, it's one of those cases of like we need to make a sequel the first one made so yeah. much money and it was really popular we, we need to make another one just to try and you know get as much as we can just from the excitement of the first one and it's like uh, we're not going to get Keanu Reeves oh, oh fuck it let's just still make it we'll still make some money off it in some ways you know some films just do not need to be made unless they're going to be done properly and Speed 2 should not have been made unless it did have Jack Traven in it because mm. it would have made it I mean even if they went on the same kind of plot line it still would have been mm. double. It still would have been like double enjoyment from the film than what we actually got. Totally, totally. Can't agree more. I thought like maybe we should set one over here. You know, if they ever did like a speed remake, just set it in the UK. <laughs> you know, and a, a double-decker bus. You know. 
The, the, the bomb would be the least fucking terrifying part of it, even that part, yeah. you know, where you're going to get shanked by some teenagers, you know, <laughs> have racist abuse shouted at you and be filmed on TikTok, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's like, oh, the bomb, you know, that's all right. Don't worry about the, the camaraderie, the, 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 the fact the bus in this film, like, the, the passengers all have this nice camaraderie, they know the first name of the driver, and they call him Sam. Mm. You know, over here, fucking, they, the driver wouldn't fucking spit on you if he didn't have 10p left for his fare. It's like, <laughs> exactly. just pure hatred, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd watch Speed UK. Yeah, I was going to say, so. Speed UK is, it would be completely <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the bomb plot didn't go to plan because no one could afford to fuel their car, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, bus, the bus just didn't turn up. Oh. No one strike again. The bus oh, yeah. that didn't right show here. up. That's a good The bus that didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. actual passengers on the bus because they can't afford the fares. Do we have a bus with a bus on board and three come along at once? Yeah. Brilliant. All that's left for us to do is is just to give a verdict on the film and and a score to to go on the, the from the from the board from above. I guess let's start with let's start with you, Chris. Give us your verdict and a score, please. Oh, I loved it. I love it even even now. I just, I reckon it's, I think from sheer nostalgia value for myself, it's got to be up there in the tens for me. Just, just such an enjoyable movie, well made, and just, yeah, that's it. I need a score, dude. I can't just put <laughs> above the tens, I'm afraid. Let's <laughs> go for a ten. You go for a ten again? Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I really enjoyed the experience watching it today mm. after work. It was just great. Loved every minute of it. So many memories came back and it was just good. I loved it. Okay, uh, so that's, ten, that's two tens in two weeks, Chris. Blimey. Amazing. Cool. Okay, um, Steve? So I just want to mention very briefly the music in this film, because we didn't bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked mm. up who the composer was, and I don't know who it is, but it sounds almost exactly like the me- like the me- me- Metal Gear Solid soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. I googled it afterwards, and I'm not the only one that said it. It's quite a well-known thing. It's, it's fucking uncanny. Soundtrack for this film must have inspired the Metal Gear Solid soundtrack because the comparison is is uncanny. Anyway, does it get uh, an extra I, like couple um, on the score for that <laughs> for you, Steve? I mean, it did. It certainly increased my enjoyment of the film for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I really really liked the soundtrack. I think that this film, again, the concept is very well known, but I think the film itself is kind of overlooked. And I think it deserves to be more highly regarded. I think it deserves to be in the pantheon of like 90s, 80s and 90s action films. So yeah, I'm going to, I give it a really, really solid eight. Uh, Rich? I mean, first of all, I'm going to touch upon what Steve said about the Metal Gear Solid uh, music. I'm thinking if they kind of combine the two and put, you know, Solid Snake on in this film, would it be called Solid Snakey Bus? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had no idea where you were going with that, and I, I and I still don't really understand where you went with that. There's a video game called There's a video game called Snakey Bus. Oh sure, so, yeah, yeah, solid Snakey Bus. There you go. See, boom. I just I thought that one up. So I had to. I wouldn't work in the UK out. though, because it'd have to be the Boris Bendy Bus, wouldn't it? Oh god, don't. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, score. Um, I'm gonna give this. I think yeah. Come back to this film. I realised now watching again for the pod how much i love it and what i really appreciate as well is how much of just a really easy watch it is and i'm not mm-hmm. saying action films are ever demanding they're not but the thing about it whips by it's a really nice 
gripping like conceit to this film it just pulls you in and it just it just goes so quick likable characters and again what steve said there's nothing nothing actually feels very malicious about this film because surprisingly it feels very just nice as far as like you know sort of an, an act of like domestic sort of terrorism can go or you know just horrible acts of violence against civilians like it was a nice film and i think based on how much i enjoyed this i want to give it a 9.5 nice yes for me speed is just like you know i know we've said it before but i mean it is just pure 90s for me and i love it for that on its own i mean there's a way in which 90s action films were were shot some of the camera angles and and such the the writing and the action scenes itself with the practical shots and everything and, and when we mentioned with the the equipment that was used with the VHS and the looping and that's what this film is for me it's like it's just pure 90s gold and it takes me to a happy place mm. when I sit down and watch one of these top-notch 90s action films and speed is like the quintessential like example of what a 90s action flick is yeah. and then when you add everything else in that you guys have mentioned with the acting and the writing and how much of an easy watch it is, but still very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, it's just up there, and I'm really, yeah. Again, I'm just like thanks to the, uh, to the podcast as well. Like, I don't think I would have revisited otherwise, and Same. I'm really happy that I sat down and watched it mm. again, just to remind, and it just reminded myself on how much fun this film is, and how like if anyone was to ask me what film should I watch from the '90s. You know, bar Jurassic Park and Terminator Two, I think this would be the next one. So yeah, yeah, um, I could agree with that definitely. And like Steve said as well, I don't think it gets in as much love as it deserves. It, you know, like people talk about the '90s films, and I mentioned two there already, and you know, like Forrest Gump and those kind of films. And Speed never really gets put into that bracket, and it really should. It really, really should. It's just it's just quintessential nineties. So so banging film, and for that reason, my score is going to be a flat nine. So that means that speed gets entered onto our board from above on a thirty six point five score. Nice. But obviously, that gets put into second place because we've only got two films on there. <laughs> Behind Top <laughs> so Secret. Far, so, so far, so far, scientifically speaking, <laughs> Top Secret is the best film ever made. <laughs> so far obviously there's so still far. work to do but so far so far that's how it seems so far so yeah we've got top secret on the top with 36 point sorry 39.6 score and then speed with 36.5 so there it is if um if chris scores the next thing we talk about a 10 i'm going to start to think that maybe he can't score under 10 or he'll explode <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it dear. depends on the mood that I'm in as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, of course like, it does. Of course yeah. it does. Like, I mean, like if I was in like a really like foul I'll, mood, I think I was speed say, would. Mood. Yeah, like speed would still have scored high because, like we said earlier, it's just pure '90s nostalgia therapy. You haven't got to think about it. You just got to sit, enjoy it, watch it for what it is. But I don't know. Oh, it's deserving. No, it's deserving. I'm not questioning your score at all. I forgot to do my whole um, sound effect with the board. Such a hack. Oh, shit. Still time. Still time. Still time. Yeah, there is still time. All right. So let's let's make it official. Let's let's get speed entered onto the board with the score of the thirty-six point five. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <Jesus. laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of the best sound effects in history. 
Can we, can we please get a Mr. Blobby soundboard? I'd love that. The Blobby score. Blobby <laughs> score. <laughs> he gets, gets three Blobbies or five. <laughs> blobby, Blobby, Blobby. <laughs> so, it's been a long well, Chris, day. we want people to listen it's to this podcast. Mate. I, feel, <laughs> no. I feel like if we got a Mr. Blobby soundboard, it would be ripe for abuse. Mm. And the podcast was descended to chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. right, yeah. Rightfully right. so, I think. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> all the time we have for this week a massive thank you as always for everyone joining us if you would like to donate to the show then please visit our coffee page where you can show your support starting from just a single pound you can find a link in the show description or on our website speaking of the website please give it a visit we have articles game reviews our entire back catalogue of episodes and much more at thewolfypod.com Chaps, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. My name has been Jason, and you've been listening to What's Wrong With Wolfie, a retro podcast to the max. Barking.